Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I am going to continue in this next range of episodes to read from Watchman Nee's classic book, The Normal Christian Life. Now, last year I read in a series called One Off, uh, numbers 1 through 9.0, on the dates October 25th through November 5th, I read uh, chapters 1 and 2 of Normal Christian Life, and you can refer back to those. But in this series of episodes, I'm going to read from the normal Christian life. And chapter 3 is where we open. Oh, my friends, we must live as those who know. We know Him. We know truth. This will be the most sure footing for us to fight the fight of faith, for us to advance the kingdom We must live, not in the soulish realm of feeling first, but we must live in the spirit realm where we live by who and what we know. And then let your feelings line up with the truth. So here we go. Take hold of this, listen to this, and let the truth of the gospel grip you at entirely new depths. Here we are again, my friends, ready to tell the truth, to read the truth, to embrace the truth. Continuing with reading from Watchman Knees, The Normal Christian Life, Chapter 3. Divine Revelation Essential to Knowledge. So our first step is to seek from God a knowledge that comes by revelation. A revelation that is to say not of ourselves, but of the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. When Hudson Taylor, the founder of the China Inland Mission, entered into the normal Christian life, it was thus that he did so. You remember how he tells of his long-standing problem of how to live in Christ, how to draw the sap out of the vine into himself. For he knew that he must have the life of Christ flowing out through him and yet felt he had not got it, and he saw clearly enough that his need was to be found in Christ. I knew, he said, writing to his sister from Chiang King in 1869, that if only I could abide in Christ, all would be well, but I could not. You see, the more he tried to get in, the more he found himself slipping out, so to speak, until one day light dawned, revelation came, and he saw This is how Hudson Taylor describes it. Here, I feel, is the secret. Not asking how I am to get sap out of the vine into myself, but remembering that Jesus is the vine, the root, stem, branches, twigs, leaves, flowers, fruit, all indeed. Then, quoting a friend's words that had helped him, he continues, I have not got to make myself a branch. The Lord Jesus tells me I am a branch. I am part of him, and I have just to believe it and act upon it. 
I have seen it long enough in the Bible, but I believe it now as a living reality. It was as though something which had indeed been true all the time had now suddenly become true in a new way to him personally, and he writes to his sister again, quote, I do not know how far I may be able to make myself intelligible about it, for there is nothing new or strange or wonderful, and yet all is new. In a word, whereas once I was blind, now I can see. I am dead and buried with Christ, and risen too, and ascended. God reckons me so, and tells me to reckon myself so. He knows best. Oh, the joy of seeing this truth. I do pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know and enjoy the riches freely given us in Christ. Close quote. Oh, it is a great thing to see that we are in Christ. Think of the bewilderment of trying to get into a room in which you already are. Think of the absurdity of asking to be put in. If we recognize that fact that we are in, we make no effort to enter. If we had more revelation, we should have fewer prayers and more praises. We spend so much time praying for ourselves just because we are blind to what God has done. I remember one day in Shanghai, I was talking with a brother who was very exercised concerning his spiritual state. He said, So many are living beautiful, saintly lives. I am ashamed of myself. I call myself a Christian, and yet when I compare myself with others, I feel I am not one at all. I want to know this crucified life, this resurrection life, but I do not know it, and I see no way of getting there. Another brother was with us, and the two of us had been talking for two hours or so, trying to get the man to see that he could not have anything apart from Christ, but without success. Said our friend, The best thing a man can do is pray. But if God has already given you everything, what do you need to pray for, we asked. He hasn't, the man replied, for I am still losing my temper, still failing constantly, so I must pray more. Well, we said, do you get what you pray for? I am sorry to say that I do not get anything, he replied. We tried to point out that just as he had done nothing for his justification, so he need do nothing for his sanctification. Just then a third brother, much used of the Lord, came in and joined us. There was a thermos flask on the table, and this brother picked it up and said, What is this? A thermos flask? Well, you just imagine for a moment that this thermos flask can pray, and that it starts praying something like this. Lord, I want very much to be a thermos flask, Wilt thou make me to be a thermos flask? Lord, give me grace to become a thermos flask. Do please make me one. What will you say? I do not think even a thermos flask would be so silly, our friend replied. It would be nonsense to pray like that. It is a thermos flask. Then my brother said, You are doing the same thing. God in times past has already included you in Christ. When he died, you died. When he lived, you lived. Now today you cannot say, I want to die. I want to be crucified. I want to have resurrection life. The Lord simply looks at you and says, you are dead. You have new life. 
All your praying is just as absurd as that of the thermos flask. You do not need to pray to the Lord for anything. You merely need your eyes open to see that he has done it all. That is the point. We need not work to die. We need not wait to die. We are dead. We only need to recognize what the Lord has already done and to praise him for it. Light dawned for that man. With tears in his eyes, he said, Lord, I praise thee that thou hast already included me in Christ. All that is his is mine. Revelation had come, and faith had something to lay hold of. And if you could have met that brother later on, what a change you would have found. The cross goes to the root of our problem. Let me remind you again of the fundamental nature of that which the Lord has done on the cross. I feel I cannot press this point too much, for we must see it. Suppose for the sake of illustration that the government of your country should wish to deal drastically with the question of strong drink and should decide that the whole country was to go dry. How could the decision be carried into effect? How could we help? If we were to search every shop and house throughout the land and smash all the bottles of wine or beer or brandy we came across, would that meet the case? Surely not. We might thereby rid the land of every drop of alcoholic liquor it contains, but behind those bottles of strong drink are the factories that produce them. And if we only deal with the bottles and leave the factories untouched, production will still continue and there is no permanent solution of the problem. No, the drink-producing factories, the breweries and distilleries throughout the land must be closed down if the drink question is ever to be effectively and permanently settled. We are the factory. Our actions are the products. The blood of the Lord Jesus dealt with the question of the products, namely our sins. So the question of what we have done is settled, but would God have stopped there? What about the question of what we are? Our sins were produced by us. They have been dealt with, but how are we going to be dealt with? Do you believe the Lord would cleanse away all our sins and then leave us to get rid of the sin-producing factory? Do you believe that? Having put away the goods produced, He would leave us to deal by ourselves with the source of production? To ask this question is but to answer it. Of course he has not done half the work and left the other half undone. No, he has done away with the goods and also made a clean sweep of the factory that produces the goods. The finished work of Christ really has gone to the root of our problem and dealt with it. There are no half measures with God. He has made full provision for sin's rule to be utterly broken. Knowing this, says Paul, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away, that so we should no longer be in bondage to sin. Romans 6, 6. Knowing this? Yes, but do you know it? Or are ye ignorant? Romans 6, 3. May the Lord graciously open our eyes. I stand in agreement 
with my brother Watchman Nee from generations past. And I stand today, my friends, and I pray that same prayer. O Lord, that eyes may be opened, that an awakening may come, that awakens people to you, to your goodness, and to the finished work of Jesus. My friends, Jesus' blood has paid for every sin you've committed and every sin that's ever been committed against you. He has paid for the sins of the entire world. And he did not leave the sin-producing factory open, which was the old man. The old man has been crucified. But you, my friends, the new man, the one who can allow righteousness to move through you, oh, that we would learn that which they have already done, that then we might live to the greatest measure unto them. Oh, it can happen, and it will, because slow fire is about to spread like wildfire. The slow fire of true discipleship is about to take off. It is about to spread wherever there are those who are willing to receive it and enter in and pursue and then get up and live unto him. Oh, it is going to happen. I pray for you today that even as you have listened to the reading of this book, it will take you into the full reading and meditating upon the book, the Bible, the Scripture, and that you will allow Holy Spirit to open your eyes. I love you all. Until next time. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.